The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. There is a judgment greater than anything you've ever known. It won't be long. Your life will pass by as a vapor and you will stand before the judgment seat of God. And every secret deed and thought Every wrinkle, every spot will be in view Before the one who knows all things The Lord of Lord and King of Kings You know the one you never knew While you have breath You have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is the shelter from the coming storm shakes at the mention of his name he has power over life and death every knee will bow and tongue confess heaven and earth will proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father will you bow will you to his majesty he can save you from the might of all your sin this is the fight in which he stands in perfect victory while you have breath you have a choice to make in life Turn away from your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come from the coming storm While you have breath 
choice to make in life Turn away from all your sin And believe on the risen Christ You can find peace in Him From the judgment that's to come He is a shelter from the coming storm He's the only shelter from the coming storm Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. We're having a little bit of technical difficulty today, but we're going to make it through. I'm glad you're joining us today. I want to talk to you about the four horsemen of the apocalypse. The four horsemen of the apocalypse. It's hard for me to even begin to try to talk about these because... All of my life, I've lived personally in peace. Now, war has been around the United States, but we have had no war in our nation. We have seen war, First and Second World Wars. We have seen the Korean War, the Vietnamese War, or Vietnam. We've seen war with Syria, with Iraq, with Afghanistan, and it could go on and on. America has been at war. But with all of that war, America has been extremely prosperous. We have built up our houses mega mansions all across America, huge malls, entertainment, technology, beautiful automobiles. We have lived in peace. And we have raised a generation of millennials who have almost no sense of responsibility. I struggle with some dear ones who are millennials because they seem to think that all of this is just natural. It's their right. They're entitled to this, not realizing that it took the blood of men and women to fight for our freedom. And then it took hard, hard work to build the economic machine. And then I remember when all of our manufacturing began to be shipped overseas to China or to Mexico. And some wise men protested strongly 
but already there was arising what we call today a one-world government, a government that already was functionally beginning to destroy America while we dreamed on in our prosperity. Well, that one-world government is now beginning to rear its head in many different ways and many different places. A control grid is being established. Famine is coming. Fiat currency is blowing up internationally. We are controlled by the Federal Reserve that is neither federal nor a reserve. We are controlled by central banks, very wealthy men with hearts filled with evil have created an almost impossible situation in America. And now we, the people, are beginning to discover that they have entrapped us. Now, you may not recognize that what I'm speaking is the truth, but I suspect that you do know it is the truth. And we are headed for catastrophic destruction in America because the one world government cannot afford to have a strong nationalistic government over the strongest nation in the world. No, it has to be destroyed. And we're watching that destruction. But I want to draw your attention to the fact that this war that we see going on is not between you and me and the one world government. The war that is quickly evolving, that has been developing for centuries, is between two persons. One, the person, God, Jesus Christ. And the other, what we call the devil, Lucifer, Satan. And the war is on between these two powers. And we're the pawns that are being caught in between these two powers. All of us were born in sin, that is, the hideous evil of darkness. We were born without a right to live. We were born to die. But because this mighty power called the Word inserted himself once more into his creation, he has created a rescue plan that he could save some of the people on the earth from this bitter, bitter war that Satan, the devil, is waging against Jesus Christ and against the people he's trying to rescue. Now, if you don't recognize that the earth is a war zone, then you're going blindfolded into a very, very dangerous place. 
and that place may cost you your life. I urge you today to open your eyes and to ask for divine understanding that you could see the parameters of the war that is being waged against us. Now we find the first person of this war described in the Gospel of John, beginning in chapter 1. The word, that is the logos in the Greek, was in a beginning, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Well, what does word mean? It is the creative power behind all things. In other words, jet planes don't jump out of trash cans. Computers are not built by mice. No, it requires intellect. It requires intentionality. It it requires work. The word, the scriptures tell us, is the divine power behind all of creation, that nothing has been created that he was not the designer of and the power of to bring it to life. Let me read it for you. This one was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him not even one thing happened that has happened. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light keeps on shining in the darkness, but the darkness overpowered it not. Through the centuries, the power of darkness has tried to extinguish the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news of the coming kingdom of God, Now, the kingdom of God is not, first of all, a geographic kingdom. It is a kingdom of authority and power. And Satan has opposed that authority and that power, and he has sought to establish his own kingdom hidden in darkness through deception, through laziness, through dumbness. He has been unsuccessful in extinguishing the light. When I was a boy, I was terrified of the dark. I thought the boogeyman was going to come and get me from under the bed. My father, being very wise, gave me a flashlight. And he said, whenever you're afraid in the night, Raymond, turn on your flashlight Look under your bed and you'll see that there's nothing there. Well, he was right. As soon as I turned on the light, the darkness disappeared. The darkness flees from the light. And the scripture tells us that Jesus Christ is the light. Now, if you choose to live in darkness, the scripture tells us what will happen to you. You will be depressed, you'll be angry, you'll be bitter, 
You will use all manner of addictions to satisfy the lust of your heart. Remember, the devil came and stole the love from our hearts for God and replaced it with lust for that which is evil and dark and destructive, ugly, demonic. A man came having been sent from God. His name was John. This man came for a witness so that he might witness concerning the light. The word witness in the Greek literally means martyr. John came witnessing, willing to be a martyr, which he became for the light, for Jesus, and the devil killed him. Herod had his head cut off because he was confronting him over his sin. It's very dangerous to confront the devil and his followers with their sin. They get quite angry, quite bitter. Don't talk to me about Jesus. I like the way I live. I like the way I think. I even hear Christians say such foolish things. Don't talk to me about the Bible like that. I like how I live. I like what I believe. Don't tell me there's no secret rapture. Well, I hope there's a secret rapture, but I can't find it in the Word. I'm not saying there isn't. I don't know. But I want to go by what the Bible says, not by what men have said, and not what they conjure up out of their own imaginations. It says, That man, John, was not the light, but that he might witness concerning the light. I want you, and I want me, to be completely absorbed in our search for light. I don't want you to waste one moment of your time walking in the darkness. There are very dangerous things and people and persons that is, spirits in the dark. I want the flashlight of the gospel turned on. I want to live in that light. Now it says, verse 10, this is John 1, verse 10, Jesus, he was in the world, and the world came into being through him, and the world recognized him not. He came to his own things, but his own people received him not to themselves. But as many as received him, he gave to them authority to become children of God, to the ones believing in his name, who were born not out of bloods, nor out of the will of flesh, neither out of the will of man, but out of the will of God." In other words, the gospel says that you and I have the opportunity. We have the authority in the Lord. We have the authority in Jesus to be born of God. Now, you cannot be saved by human effort. 
you have to have a supernatural birth from God the Father, washed in the blood of Jesus, made clean, sin removed. I know many people who only try in their flesh to improve themselves. It's self-improvement. It's positive thinking. And you can accomplish some very interesting things in your flesh, becoming much more like the person you want to be. But that is not unto salvation. To be saved, you cannot be born of the flesh. You have to be born of God. And that requires laying your life down, repenting of your sins, taking responsibility for who you are, and asking God to make you into a new person. And he will do it. It says, The word became flesh and lived among us, and we observed his glory. Glory as the only one of his kind from the Father, full of grace and truth. Your Bible may be translated as the only begotten, but in the Greek, it's literally not begotten. He was not born of God. He was God, and he came as God. He is the only one of his kind. God, fully God, and fully man. There is no other. Now, this is the first person of this war that has been raging now for centuries between good and evil. Now, I want you to go with me to look at the second person who is a part of this war. But first, I want to share with you the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Why? Because the book was given was given to the lamb who was slain from the foundation of the earth. And the elders and countless thousands of angels made this chant, Worthy is the Lamb, the one having been slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and might and honor and glory and praise. Do you understand? Heaven is a real place. Earth is a real place. Jesus is a real person. And every created thing that is in the heaven and on the earth and under the earth and on the sea, I heard all the things in them saying, the blessing and honor and the glory and the might be to the one sitting on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Amen. Now, the book with the seals, the scroll with the seals, is given to Jesus. And he begins to open the seven seals of Revelation 6. The first of these seven seals 
are the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Now, through the generations, the church has often identified what was happening in their age as one of these four horsemen of the apocalypse. So how can I come now and say, we're living in the time of the four horses of the apocalypse? Because this is the first time in history that there has been a global arising of government. We are now living with a global economy. We are now facing the beast power that is the dragon. He is arising in a new way because he knows his time is short and he has come to wage war. But Jesus opens these seals in order to prepare people and to force Satan's hand. Now, let me make some very bold statements to you. I do not make them as a prophet. I am not a prophet. I am a watchman on the wall. But I am going to say these things to you out of my own Bible study, meditation, and direction of the Holy Spirit. The war between Jesus and Satan is in its final stages of battle. I have read the last part of Revelation. I know who wins. Jesus wins. But I know that we are now in the final stages, and I believe that I am a part and you are a part of the last generation before the conclusion of all of these events described in Revelation. I believe that we are now living in the days of the four horsemen. I believe that the galloping of these horses across the world is resounding. And if you have eyes to see and ears to hear, you'll know that now is the time of the end and that the things spoken of in these four apocalyptic horses who ride across the world will now be fulfilled. That we will now see, and I'll show you in just a moment, that the devil, in response to these seals being opened, will rise in great fury and will establish his one-world government and intense persecution of God's people, taking the lives of many. It's prophesied in these apocalyptic events that over 70 million Americans will die. And many more across the earth. This is a frightening time. 
I don't share with I don't share this with you to frighten you. I share with you this message to awaken you to your own grave danger and your family's grave danger because we are not going back to normal times. We are not going back to a prosperous economy. We are going now under the grid, the social grid of the beast power and the final act on the part of the beast will to be force everyone who is loyal to him in the powers of darkness to receive his mark on their hand or their forehead. And if you do not receive that mark, it is his intention to murder you. You might have said, but two years ago, these things are impossible, Pastor. But we have seen the lockdowns in China, where they put steel cages around a person's home, even if they starve to death in that steel cage. We have seen in America, in Canada, in Australia, the shutting down of businesses and the destruction of the middle class of America. We are seeing inflation spike, not by accident, but by the direct policy implementation by the central banks, the Federal Reserve, and the government of the United States. We are seeing fuel shortages, and we are going to see intense famine across the world, and many will die in that famine. We are seeing all of that If you've been watching the news, you know there is a grave threat of a nuclear strike by Russia or by America or by England. England, it is reported this past Saturday, placed their very best atomic missiles in their their submarines so that if Russia carries out its threat to destroy with a tsunami an atomic weapon, If they destroy London, England will strike back with its nuclear power. We're looking at the possibility of several years of total darkness over much of the earth where people will freeze to death. A nuclear winter where no crops can be raised. We're looking at the most dreadful of time. And the scriptures tell us that at the end, men's hearts will fail them for fear for what they see coming upon the earth. And so we have the first horse of the apocalypse, and there is much discussion about what this horse is and what this rider is. Many people have taught that this is Jesus riding on the white horse. They could not be more wrong. Jesus comes on a horse at the end of time with a sword coming out of his mouth to bring judgment upon the earth. That's not what's happening at the beginning. Now, there's much disagreement in the church about who this is. I believe, however, and I have prayed much and studied much, I believe 
that the coming of the first horseman was the League of Nations after the First World War, and then giving all of their money and resources and power to the United Nations. They look innocent. They say they want peace. The one sitting upon him having a bow, that is, military power, is given to him. He does not take it by force. It is given to him by the nations. He's wearing a crown that is given to him. It is not won by conquest. And with that crown and with that bow, representing military power, being borrowed from the nations, he goes out conquering that he may conquer. This is the one world nation, the one world government, the beast power rising. And we've been watching that beast power rise since before the First World War. The second horseman was on a horse that was red like fire. The one sitting upon it was given to him to take peace from the earth so that they may kill one another. And so a great sword was given to him. We've had two world wars, and we now, it looks like, have already entered the third great world war. We'll have to wait and see how it develops. But I want to be very, I want to be very honest and open with you. The red horse represents death, war. The one sitting on it has been given the power to take peace from the earth, to kill one another, and a great sword was given to him. In the Greek, the great sword is a a dagger for up-close death. Now, I don't know what that means. Some have said they believe it's the pandemic's Some believe that, and I'm one of those, that it represents the atomic bomb that was given to America. That we we dropped on Japan. It is a great sword. It is an up-close and dirty sword. And it kills great numbers of persons. We have never seen war like we saw in the Second World War. We've never seen the death and destruction of nations like we saw in the Second World War. But now peace has been taken from the earth and there will be constant war until Jesus finally comes and says, that's enough. But this this destruction is being loosed by Jesus as a judgment against the devil and his kingdom of darkness. It is a judgment being released over the people of the earth for their wickedness. Then you have the third horse of the apocalypse. Let me read it for you. 
And when he opened the third seal, I heard the third living being saying, You must come, and you must look, and behold a black horse, and the one sitting upon him having a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice in the midair of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a day's wages, and three quarts of barley for a day's wages, but do not damage the oil or the olive. It's clear this is speaking about a complete financial reset. Through the years, through the centuries, nations have lost their value in money and currency. Rome did this by clipping their coins, their gold or silver coins, clipping them and saving the clippings. And that way they reduce the value of the coin. We've seen other nations who totally debase their currency. Fiat currency has nothing of value behind it except the confidence of the people. When Nixon took us off of the gold standard, no longer was our currency valued by anything except the currency that we had confidence in. And today, because the Fed is printing so much money and the debt has increased to such a level, it is racing to the bottom with the yen, with the yuan, with the ruble. All of the currencies are being debased and they will arrive at nothing until a currency comes forth that is based on something of value. Now, some are saying that the cryptocurrencies are leading the way to a digital currency with a control grid by the one world government. Already in China, they have it. Already in the United States, it's being spoken of. And a digital currency is being prepared where governments will have total control over what their people buy or sell. Now, it's clear in this third seal that it is a black horse of famine. And a quart of wheat for a day's pay, that's enough for one person. In other words, people are going to work at a job, but that job will not pay them enough to support their family. And so they're going to have to get two jobs and their wives are going to have to work. This is where we are today. It is rapidly descending into a time when one man does not earn enough money to take care of his family. I can remember a time when most wives stayed home and took care of their children and the husband working as in my early life, when I first became a pastor, my salary was just over $6,000 a year. And with this $6,000, I drove a Mercedes. I bought our furniture. We had a child. We rented a beautiful home on one salary. 
Today, that's impossible. I know of people who work three jobs and their wife works two jobs just to try to maintain their lifestyle. Your money is buying less and less. The value is being intentionally drained from the dollar. And it is leading us into this famine. Trucks are being broken down through wear, and the parts are not there to repair them. The supply chain is being destroyed by China and by others and by the one world government. Food plants are being burned and destroyed. Food shortages are coming across the globe, and you will see famine as never before seen in the history of the world. Boys and girls, moms and dads, singles, are going to starve to death. You will begin to see people can no longer afford their mortgage. They walk away and leave the keys and move in with family members or friends, as more and more people will have to live together just to survive, just to be able to pay for the rent of one place. This is coming as a judgment of God upon this nation and upon the world as the final events of history begin to unwind. Now the fourth seal, and when he opened the fourth seal, this is the fourth horse of the apocalypse, I heard the fourth living being saying, You must come, and you must look, and behold a pale horse. The word for pale in the Greek can also mean green, the green agenda. And the one sitting on him, the name for him is death. The green agenda of the world will bring death to America and to the world. Hades was following with him. And authority was given to him over the fourth part of the earth to kill with sword and famine, with death, and by the beasts of the earth. Now I know that during this fourth horse of the apocalypse, as things become very painful and very dark, I know that as that takes place, there will be intense persecution as the world turns against Christians and Jews. I know that Christians will be scapegoated and told that this is your fault. I know that during this time, the one world government will be ruling and during this fourth seal, we're going to see the implementation of the mark of the beast. Now, what I've said to you before, just to give you context, I'll say again, 
the seals that are opened by Jesus in the heavenly realm encompass the entire amount of time of the end. And the events that occur in, say, the 13th chapter of Revelation and other chapters fit into the seven seals and the seven trumpets and the seven thunders. Now, during this fourth seal, death will ride, and one-fourth of the population of the earth will die. In the fifth seal, you find the martyrs crying out, asking God to avenge their blood. In the sixth seal, you have incredible things happening, like asteroids hitting the earth. You have, some would say, the coming of Jesus. Because the kings of the earth and the great men and the military leaders and their rich men and the mighty men and every servant and free man hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. In fact, they are saying to the mountains and to the rocks, do fall upon us and hide us from the face of the one sitting upon the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of his wrath came and who is able to stand? Well, during this seventh seal, you have seven trumpets. And these are intense judgments. I believe the first four judgments, or horses of the apocalypse, are to bring Christians to their senses and cause us to finally see the reality that earth is no longer a safe place for us to live. And it will cause us to cry out. It will cause us to cry out for Jesus. Now, I notice that some of you have put up some interesting comments. Black representing oil. Red representing communism, green Muslim nations. I don't know if that's right or wrong. I simply don't know. I've given you the best understanding I have of what's going to happen. But now I want to take you in the last minutes that we have together. I want to take you to the 12th chapter of Revelation. I'll begin in verse 10. And I heard a loud voice in the heavens saying, Now the salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ came for the accuser of our brethren who was cast down, the one accusing them before God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. As we go through these horrific times that are already well underway in our world, and are getting much, much worse. We overcome in Jesus 
by the precious blood of Jesus. In other words, it washes us, it makes us clean before God. And by the word of our testimony, that is, we have the victory. We have the victory in Jesus. We're walking clean. We no longer walk in any known sin before God. If you today are saying, oh, I worship Jesus, but I'm not clean yet. There are still issues in my life, and, and Jesus will just have to put up with that because he made me this way, and I can't change myself. You're right. You cannot change yourself, but Jesus can change you. And if you come to this time and you have no testimony of victory in Jesus, you will not survive. You will not enter heaven. Now, I want to take you down to the 17th verse. And the dragon was enraged against the woman, and he went to make war against the rest of her seed, that is, the followers of Jesus, and the ones continuously keeping the commandments of God and having the testimony of Jesus. Keeping the commands of God and having a testimony. It's the same thing that was just said earlier. Overcome him by the blood of the Lamb. That is, they're walking righteous. And they have a testimony to bear regarding that walking righteous before God. Now, let's go to thirteen, chapter 13. And I stood upon the sand of the sea. And the sea represents in Scripture many people's. And I saw a beast come up from out of the sea, having ten horns, seven heads, and his horns ten crowns, and his head names of blasphemy. And the beast that I saw was like a leopard, his feet of a bear, his mouth of a mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave his power and his throne and great authority. Now, I want you to look with me. I want you to look with me. I'm I'm looking for it quickly. The dragon was the devil. And he is described in scripture in this 12th and 13th chapter as looking like or being the the pattern for the beast power. In other words, as the devil arises, he comes as a dragon. He comes as a dragon or a serpent. And he looks like this beast that is coming up out of the sea. The beast reflects the dragon. And the dragon gives his power to it. He gives his throne to it. He gives great authority to this beast power. This beast power has one of its head, heads damaged, killed. And it rises. It is miraculously raised back to life. And all of the earth marvels and follows after the beast. And so they worship the dragon, 
the one having given the authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like the beast, and who is able to make war with it? And it was given a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and authority was given to it to make war forty-two months, that is, three and a half years. The last three and a half years of the tribulation, the Antichrist will have absolute rule. This one world government. And you find then in 13, another beast coming up. And this beast comes like a lamb-like beast, but it speaks like the dragon. And it causes everyone, rich and poor, to take the mark. And that mark is the number 666. Now, let's try to summarize quickly before we run out of time. There is a great war taking place, a great controversy taking place. It is a battle to the death. It is the risen Christ who has come to crush the head of the devil, the serpent, the dragon. And so we see the battle is on. You are in that battle right now. Now, you may be able to duck it for a time, and you may be able to be prosperous for a time. But the social grid of this one-world government is now closing in on you so that you have no privacy. It's just been reported that many governments tracked people on their cell phones to make sure that they were obeying the rules of COVID. This is a complete violation of personal privacy. There is no longer personal privacy on the earth. Every privacy is being removed. And this one world government is instituting its power over you. And Jesus is countering that by bringing the four horsemen of the apocalypse in judgment against this beast power, the dragon, the serpent, and the political government that is rising. You are going to have a front row seat to the final acts of this great conflict. It would be wise for you and for me to be washed in the blood of the Lamb, to give up all of our bitterness and anger, to walk away from all sin, to be peacemakers, to give up our opinions. I'm astonished at how people fight over the book of Revelation. It shows that their heart is with the power of darkness not Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is a peacemaker. Well, there you have it. The war is on. You need to have been washed in the blood of Jesus Christ, and you need to have a testimony of having been made righteous, walking without sin in this day, if you are going to have victory over this beast power. Well, we're out of time for today's broadcast. I would urge you to please 
write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. I also would ask that you participate with me in the cost of this broadcast and that you would give as the Lord leads you. You can give your tithes or offerings at our webpage, nationalprayerchapel.com, nationalprayerchapel.com, or you can write to me. Well, we're out of time. I know I've covered a lot. Come again tomorrow, and let's seek Jesus. I love you, my brother, my sister. Have a wonderful day in him. The fight is on. Do you have a testimony? I'll talk to you soon. Before the presence of His glory with great joy. Jesus Christ.